Institute for Faith and Freedom at Grove City College presents Liberty Mail with the Student Fellows of Faith and Freedom. Hello and welcome to a new season of Liberty Mail. We are so happy to have you. We are in the underground studio here at Grove City College for the Institute for Faith and Freedom. My name is Grace Riley and I'm joined by the new co-host for the year, Katie Kenline. So we're super excited to have her. Katie, thank you so much for agreeing to be the new co-host. Thank Um, you, Grace. It's just so fun to have you and I'm excited for you to be able to share a bit about yourself with the audience so that they can get to know you a bit. Yes, I'm thrilled to be here. This is going to be a really exciting year. Um, I'm a junior, and I'm so excited to join you as um, in your senior year. Um, I'm from Spokane, Washington, out west, um, for everyone um, here on campus um, who's from there. It's it's really fun to represent. We're both from states um, in different parts of the country and from um, blue states. Yeah, <laughs> I'm from Connecticut. Just a reminder, I'm from Connecticut. Yes. Uh, so Connecticut and Washington, <laughs> two of the polar opposite states and yeah, yeah we, we together have, in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's a good perspective. Um, but I, I grew up going to public school for um, all of my schooling. Um, I'm the oldest of five kids. And um, one of the most formative experiences for me that kind of got me into into politics and to see kind of the public service world was um, my junior year of high school. I became the student representative on our school board. I got to represent 30,000 kids in Spokane Public Schools on our board. Um, And then as we remember, 2020 turned into the year that was COVID. Um, And so I kind of had, uh, wildly, I had this front row seat to conversations about reopening and, um, you know, my county in Spokane County trying to move forward. And when the governor, um, we didn't, I didn't go back to school until March of my senior year. So that entire following year. Um, And so I got to I was kind of thrown into local politics and government and local school board then in my junior year. Um, And then I had always been involved in local politics in my city since I was like 15. I got involved on a county commissioner race um, and did some knocking on doors and sign waving. The knocking on doors really got me out of my comfort zone. Um, you got to be ready to talk to people about what you think. This is before I could even vote. Um, and I've, I've done that as well. The funny thing, I think the worst part of it was the dogs. You never know. Yeah. If you go door knocking ever, you never know. If you start hearing a dog barking, you don't know if the dog's going to be friendly or not. Yeah. As you're the stranger knocking on the door of their house. But door knocking is important. Yes, it really. But it does get you really ready to talk about, like, what do I actually believe? So I started doing that and working on campaigns, um, you know, 15 through um, the very last election before I went to college. Um, And I got involved working for my congresswoman, Kathy McMorris Rogers, her campaign. Then I was um, an intern in her district office um, at a very tumultuous time in the Trump presidency. And so I basically answered the phones for you know, I would encourage people to call their legislators and just remember to be respectful when you call, you know, they're working for you. But um, I answered a lot of phone calls with a lot of different people's beliefs. And um, so it trained you well for this, for being able to, you know, debate, be on a show and talk about things. <laughs> it, it trained me well and just how to respectfully, okay, yes, ma'am. And I'll, I'll take down your comments. But um, it was a, it was an interesting um, kind of look at behind the scenes of the government side. Um, and then 
after that, I just continued to be involved in campaigns. I got involved my senior year of high school with Young Women for America, which their parent organization is Concerned Women for America. They're the largest public policy organization for women in the country. Um, and we were just in D.C. with them this past weekend, um, which was a, a super great time. And that's where I'm the current president of our chapter now. Grace, you were the chapter president last year. It's been yeah. a tremendous organization to work so with. So it's a group that we have on campus and they have chapters across the country, as Katie was saying. Um, for all ages of women, really, they have them on college campuses, high schools, but also um, beyond that, they have chapters in each state. So it's a really great organization where Katie actually got to lobby, walk through the Capitol. I wasn't there for that, but that was really cool, a lot of fun. And we both got to hear from former President Trump and Governor DeSantis mm -hmm. in the same day, which was really interesting at this height of the campaign trail. Um, but even going back on some of the things that you were saying about your growing up and your upbringing, I don't know if I ever would have explained it on this show, actually. And yeah. for people who maybe don't know me or are new listening, I'm Grace Riley, and I grew up in Connecticut, mm -hmm. like I said before, but I also did a lot of local campaign work to start where um, – I was knocking doors, doing at fairs, holding up signs yep. on, on the street, all sorts of things like that. So canvassing, all so a lot of the grassroots type things, which is really important. I mean, mm -hmm. it's real. It's on the ground. You're really doing the work to try to, you know, help locally change hearts and minds and reach people and encourage them to get out and vote. So that was a really cool experience growing up. That's wonderful. Um, and I do have a question for you. So you mentioned you went to public school in Washington. Yeah. Now, I just want to know, how did that go for you? Did you have friends? Did people, were people, um, did they judge you because of your political views? How, what did that sort of look like? Yeah, it's a really great question and something that I've thought about some coming here almost to an opposite place where there's, you know, we're talking about faith and freedom and I have the ability to speak freely about the issues that are important to me here on campus. Um, but it, it was very um, interesting to, I've, I've kind of found my voice as I've come here. Um, I used to, I didn't normally speak that much about mm -hmm. political things. Um, I I remember feeling so bold because I put a sticker um, that said Kathy for Congress on my water bottle. And I was like, oh, people are going to hate me for this. <laughs> but I got to put this here because um, she's a role model. I adore her. I work for her. So I'm going to put this here. I want her to win. Um, and one of, the, one of the biggest moments I had that was one of the most challenging things but I learned the most in um, was fall of my senior year. I had just gotten back from going to D.C. with what we just did for the very first leadership training that Young Women for America had fall of 2021. And this is when the Amy Coney Barrett um, hearings are happening. I don't have school. I have school for two hours a day. So I'm a nerd. I'm watching C-SPAN like in between my <laughs> classes or like, I mean, I was on teams with C-SPAN playing in the background. And I'm listening to all of the questions in the hearing. Um, the senator is asking um, then Judge Amy Coney Barrett questions. And I was just, um, that was when I first started to think, you know, maybe Maybe things that I'm hearing from friends and, you know, oh, she's so terrible. She hates women. These things that um, maybe I maybe I start to counter that with, you know, I've actually been watching and I can see, like, I think she's a role model. That was the first time I started thinking, you know what, what if I like, what if I speak what I'm thinking um, back? Because they have the right to their opinion and I think I have the right to my opinion too. Um, and I posted a picture um, with a shirt that I had gotten from Young Women for America. It said Women for Amy because I had, I had been leaving D.C. the day that President Trump made the announcement that she'd be the judge. So we got these shirts. Um, 
And so I, I posted a picture and I'm just like beaming with my Women for Amy shirt. I was so excited because I really did think, wow, she's such a cool role model. Um, and I was then crushed because I instantly got, you know, and I had, I had tried to make my caption even very like almost Friendly, like, it's I'm okay sure. if you don't think the same way as me. Um, but that's when I learned, you know, I need to, it's okay to stand for something. Um, and that's part of us living in the United States. Um, I got a lot of comments, a lot of comments and a lot of um, messages telling me all kinds of horrible things. And I lost friends in high school because that was the first time I really, I really talked about politics. Um, and it's sad to see people decide to end relationships because of different, different views. Cause we know like we would like to fight for your right to say what you would like as well. The yeah. people who disagree with us. So that was one of the biggest things in high school yeah. um, that was hardest for me was the first time I talked well, about politics. And I can second that too. And just say, I experienced whenever I, I started talking about politics and just things I thought in a very friendly way, not in any sort of um, antagonizing or triggering way, just, just kind of posting positive things about the things that I thought I didn't, it was not well received by my peers. And I know that for anyone at any age, stage in life, it's the same thing where it takes a lot of courage, even just to put mm -hmm. a sticker on your water bottle. It takes a lot mm -hmm. of courage to say something against the grain because people get so mad and you people do end relationships over it. But I guess an encouragement I'd offer is that it's worth it. I mm -hmm. mean, I'm, you can let me know if you agree, but I really think it's actually been a blessing to be outspoken about this sort of things because these sort of things, because I don't want people in my life that uh, I can't trust to actually be my friend and care about who I am um, and deeper things and would just end a relationship over some political mm -hmm. thing that they didn't even ask or give me the benefit of the doubt about. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of this has happened where it's not like people um, want to have a real discussion or debate and say, hey, like, why do you think that? What led you to that conclusion? People haven't really said that to me. They just get mad and, mm -hmm. and that's react. What, it's given me this perspective of what we're really fighting for. We are fighting to maintain a culture where Everyone has freedom of speech and the right to say what they believe. Um, that's what that's what I can you can see the one side that wants to shut down conversation, tell you you cannot think any differently than me. And then there's what we're fighting for is I'd like to be able to use my voice, but also the beautiful thing about this country is you can you can share your views too. Mm -hmm. I think that that's it has shown me yeah. this is what we want to continue and this is where we want to push. And, and that's how it should be. And that's something we've lar largely lost. We've lost the art of having conversations and debates in a healthy way mm -hmm. where we can actually look at issues and try to break down, okay, what is the best solution here? But instead, it seems like people will see snippets on social media, get really overly emotional about them and not want to debate anything at all or ask any of those questions, which is problematic, but also just I'd love to know, because I, I don't know this as much as I should, but what the actual root is. So you are a conservative, mm -hmm. um, and you explained kind of how you were involved in politics. How did you become conservative? Was there a time growing up? Were you always conservative? And to you, why are the values of faith and freedom important? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember um, a time... I actually, I got to see um, First Lady Michelle Obama when I was in kindergarten. So this is before 
she was um, before she was first lady. I got to see her. She came to my city, and I remember. Um, I remember going, and I think the because of the the state that I grew up in, and this um, very uh, limited viewpoints that I was seeing around me and in school, um, I I think for a long time I didn't even I didn't even consider conservative viewpoints. Um, I think that there was a long time where I didn't know what my stance was on abortion. There was a long time. I, I just kind of didn't want to think about politics. Um, and then um, I'm trying to think of exactly, it, it, just over time, uh, especially middle school, high school, um, it became very important to me um, to think about like creating a culture of life. And that is what I feel like drives a lot of my um, political views and, and why I'm a conservative, um, thinking about oh how beautiful it is that we have this dignity and worth from God and that this country, like this is in our roots and foundations, is the idea um, that uh, we're, we're created in God's image and that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights. Like that just, that is the basis for everything and how beautiful and unique that is. Um, and so that's where the idea of wanting to preserve that and then it doesn't. It didn't even make sense to me when I was in middle school that people wouldn't want to, like, you don't want to say that you have rights from a creator. That's a solid background that you get to hold on to those rights. Like, like we can't, we we can't. So you know, you start seeing through these lies. We can't just say that everything's whatever you want to make it, and nothing nothing comes from truth. That that's not gonna. I just started to think through. This. That's not gonna work when I hear people <laughs> talk about things in middle school, um, and so that started just shaping a lot of my views um, was the idea underlying every underpinning things is our dignity and worth and how that that can influence economic policy that influences social policy surely um, but it it influences even local issues like how we see transparency in local government because the citizens have um, like they have a right and duty to be involved just different and how we how we treat each other in politics and government um, so just over time, and as I followed certain people, um, I just all those um, fell into beliefs. place. Yeah, it did. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's kind of similar with me. Well, I guess different. A lot of the things you explained about why are similar for mm-hmm. me. I, I that yeah. I mean, I couldn't have said it better. But I I've kind of always been conservative. But it's not that I. It's not that that's why I'm conservative. All mm-hmm. the way that I usually explain it is that. Um, when I was growing up, I always enjoyed sitting at the, the adult table while my cousins, siblings, they, my sister, um, they would be off doing things that normal kids that are young do, like playing or, I don't know, whatever they were doing. And yes. I wanted to sit inside with my grandparents, my mom. I, I wanted to sit and I wanted to talk about things going on mm-hmm. in the world, even though I had no idea at the time what anything really meant. Because so. they're real things that really affect us that they really think about. It. It's really about our future. Exactly. So it's little me uh, trying to be involved in these political discussions that I didn't really understand. But after a while and after I kind of grew up more and was able to understand more of the things going on in our world, I became more interested myself where I started doing my own research, looking into issues and 
kind of just diving into why all of these things are important and making sure that I understand or that I understood why I supported any position I did Mm -hmm. or why I would argue for a certain point, why I thought things, just making sure that I completely understood all sides of the issues, basically. So that really happened when I got to high school, I think. And there was a lot going on in the world. Um, 2016, the Mm -hmm. election, that really interested me. And also whenever the Parkland shootings happened, I was in public school. Mm -hmm. So at my school, that's when there were a lot of walkouts over gun control. And I just was looking at that issue and thinking, this can't be the solution. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Do you remember when people said we're not going to return to school until Congress passes gun reform? That's not that's not how this is going to work. You can't just it was was very fascinating to observe our peers who suddenly became really political, but like you mm-hmm. said, seemed very uninformed. And that's what it, that's kind of what it was, where everyone became very political about mm-hmm. an issue that is heartbreaking and at the time I think deserved a little more um, kind of respect and just a step back, but it turned political very quickly. So what actually was able to happen um, when I was in high school, so I think it was the young leftist club or something they decided they wanted to organize a walkout, which at the time there were national walkouts across mm-hmm. the country to protest um, guns, basically, and ask for gun control. So what I was able to do was talk to them and create a more neutral thing with the school that was, why can't we have something with solidarity or prayer where it's something like that, where it's not just a protest? Like, why would you handle it this way? Shouldn't it be more respectful So we went back and forth and it ended up working up all right. But that sort of experience also really interested me. And then I just started joining clubs and I started going to conferences, posting on social media Mm -hmm. and fast forward. Here we are. Here we are. And I think that's something also really interesting, like and an encouragement to our generation and to everyone is we both have had these stories of because we grew up and saw very clearly the other side an idea of how important it is to be informed and to see the other side, to, to know kind of um, what people, what their view is for the future that sometimes opposes ours, what people to, to be informed of, you know, we still, I'm sure we, we, we are often, now I have more conservative views on my feed on social media, but to know the other side is really, really helpful. And to know, to know talking points, to know why people think a certain way, to kind of try to understand where they're coming from, not in terms of I'm going to change what I think, but just in terms of how do I engage with this then? Mm-hmm. How do I, what do I need to be wary about around me? What do I, it's really like that there's this pattern. I could, like, I can see you, you've very much taken the time to inform yourself and to know, and that's really important. We yeah. want to be, we want to be very informed. Well, of course. And also as far as talking to people, you can't talk to someone if you don't care to understand where they're coming from for the most part because it won't be effective. They're going to see through that and it's not going to be an effective strategy to promote your own ideas. So I think that that's really important, especially remembering that we should still be debating, having discussions, uh, not being scared to talk about these things. So that is really important. Um, And also, so I'd love to know what are some of the most important issues to you and things that you're most excited to bring to the table with the podcast this year? And then I'll share mine as well. Yeah, I have. So um, the biggest, the most important issue to me, like I said, is I um, 
love to think about human dignity issues and the value of life and how important that is and how integral that is to our culture, how the basis of understanding that your life is valuable and your life has worth, um, and that's outside of anything we do that's endowed to you by your creator, by God, that your life, um, that you have dignity. That is the most important thing, and that colors a lot of issues, how we treat people with disabilities, how we view the unborn, being pro-life is the biggest issue for me, um, and how we are working to fight human exploitation, human trafficking. Those are three of the most important issues to mm-hmm. me. But at the same time, I've had this interesting experience working for my congresswoman and working on very local issues out west and in, um, in Washington state. Um, so I love to talk about hydropower. I love to talk Good. about the importance of um, conservative uh, presence in environmental issues because I think sometimes um, grand assumptions are made that um, maybe aren't exactly true. Um, I I jokingly say this, but my friends that know me know that um, I have I'm very against windmills. Um, <laughs> that's just a funny. It's a funny thing. Um, but I think I have had all these interesting experiences. Yeah. With saving the dams in Washington State is a huge thing that um, that I've I've worked on that issue a lot. Um, so some interesting, very obscure issues. Um, it's interesting to look at pe- trends of people like moving. Um, we like I'm sure we'll end up talking about people moving from California to Texas. For me, I've seen people moving from California to my city. That my county's conservative, my city's not conservative. My own anymore. family, I have family members who have moved to Florida yep. from Connecticut. Yeah, so and I'll probably try to join them. It's a fa- <laughs> yes, it's a fascinating thing to look at issues like that that aren't as you know polemical or intense. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm also I'm excited to bring. I think um, we have some great ideas of people who can come on and um, talk about bigger issues. Um, some just some really cool. Um, speakers and people that I admire that um, will be working on bringing on the podcast um, because I think we all we love to learn and to learn more and, and give um, give platform to that's what I'm a communications major and that's the thing that I um, feel like it's not a political issue but there's always um, it's like where do we press in and give platform to certain issues there's surely a space for a bigger platform for people to talk about um, human trafficking and um, all these human dignity issues, um, and we have the ability to have a platform where we can um, bring different people in to inform our, our listeners more about just all different different issues. It's great to bring in yeah. more information. Absolutely, and um, that's really really true. Where we will be using this platform to talk about a lot of really important issues, but also a variety of issues to keep it interesting. Um, kind of like what you said, and again, the dignity of life is so, so important, but I used to work for a year for an anti-socialism organization, mm-hmm. so I love talking about all things related to that, culture, economics, so we're going to have a really good year, I think, just talking about some of the issues that are important, and to the environmental point, last year, Aaron, so a shout out to Aaron Jenks, who was the host mm-hmm. last year, we miss him, he's now married and doing great, so he's living his best life, um, I'm <laughs> sure he's happy to be where he is and doesn't miss being here at school, <laughs> but um, we'll miss him on the podcast, but we talked about last year, Dominion and Stewardship, mm-hmm. and the importance of looking at environmental is- issues through a Christian and conservative lens, And, of course, the importance of having a presence there, um, which is so important, especially amidst 
all of the ESG, and there's just so mm-hmm. many issues that we could talk mm-hmm. about relating yes. to that. So definitely a lot of really exciting conversations coming up. And as Katie mentioned, we have some good guests that we have in mind and have talked to that will hopefully be joining us in the coming weeks. So Mm -hmm. you can look forward to that. And we also want to know what you want to hear about. We would love to hear your suggestions on any topics you'd like to hear about. You can always comment on our YouTube or wherever you have your podcast. You can always reach out to us and uh, tell us what you think and tell us what issues you want to hear more about. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're always open to that and open to looking more into issues and discussing them. Yes, I'm excited for um, what we can do and bring. And um, yes, please, please let us know because it's it's fun to dive deeper, dive into things more, expand our um, what we know. It's great. Yeah. So we're going to try to make this the best season yet which will be hard because Libby, who came before Aaron, Libby Krieger, and then Aaron Jenks did a wonderful job. And we're going to keep trying to make it the best that it can be. (laughs) The best is yet to come. Yes, the (laughs) best is yet to come. So thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. We're very excited to be on the show together, and it's really going to be a great time. So make sure that you like, subscribe, and just stay up to date with the latest episodes that will be coming out. Thank you. For more information on the Institute for Faith and Freedom, visit faithandfreedom.com.